0: I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is really clear. It's to serve you and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. And today we begin with Clark Stinks, which is truly my favorite thing we do each week. And later, something else I love to do is not Forrest Gump, Run, forest run, but I walk all the time. Uh, Today, I'm supposed to do uh, a little over 15,000 steps, according to Garmin telling me what to do, and there's new data showing that walking is incredibly effective for our minds and actually warding off dementia. So, of course, there's all the health stuff, the physical health stuff, but it's also good for your mind as well we're going to talk about that so without further ado it's time for our weekly clark stink segment where you can post at clark.com slash clark stinks i should have never encouraged you to speak you must think i'm pretty stupid you should
1: be ashamed of yourself well maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong
0: maybe you're right pal
1: Got Krista. I think you missed the mark not advising to have short term disability insurance if offered from work. Good in general, but there is one hole in your advice. If you cannot work from home and you get COVID, your policy might cover you. This is really valuable if you have PTO with no sick days. With short term disability, you won't burn up your limited vacation days and still get paid. It's a gamble on the policy cost if it's covered versus a week or two of vacation. Blue Skies, Steve.
0: Steve, thank you. So why have I always been obsessive about people having long-term disability and have at the same time said, make sure you spend money on that. I don't really worry about the short-term disability. Because I hope that over time, you've been able to build up a rainy day fund in your life where you've saved. Uh, There's arguments whether you need 90 days of living expenses saved six months there's some people who say nine months let's be realistic 90 days to six months is really where it would be great if you are so it's there for the unexpected of living expenses I would rather you put your effort on building it up because there are all different reasons why you might need money you get laid off from your job I know it's been a while since people have faced that but we have that starting to happen again as the economy slows some. So that to me is a higher priority than short-term disabilities have a big focus and emphasis in your life on building up rainy day money.
1: You smell like a porta potty on a 115 degree day.
0: Oh, that doesn't it's smell so good. Very
1: smelly. Costco, you always rave about how good they are and how great the glasses are. For many of us who cannot wear single-vision glasses and haven't for years, why do you constantly show prices for single-vision glasses? Do us a favor and show the prices without insurance for a pair of glasses like my example, astigmatism and bifocals, and just watch the price climb. I tried your beloved Costco. They tried four times to make my glasses and gave up due to lab failures. Costco needs to just stick to selling products and not eyeglasses, Eric.
0: So, Eric, I'm wearing right now a pair of progressive lenses. I have significant astigmatism, and I've not had a problem myself with Costco messing up, grinding the lenses, and I don't know why for you, they, I mean, four times? That's crazy bad, and... Um, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with buying uh, glasses that are bifocals or progressive lenses, which are just a type of bifocals with no visible line from Zenni as well.
1: I And so many about this. The Amazon subscribe and save. Here's uh, one. I heard you rail against Amazon subscribe and save. My personal experience is that running a spreadsheet for cost comparison and tracking all consumable household items can be an excellent cost savings and budget planning tool. I track mostly stable prices with my quarterly orders and pare down items I don't need yet. Getting 5 to 15% off by subscribing and then an additional 5% back with the Prime card makes things even cheaper. Plus, I drastically cut down on trips to the store for singular items. Significant time and gas savings, Jay.
0: Jay, uh, not only did many other people post on Clark Stinks that I was out to lunch on subscribe and save, I also had people tell me personally who were offended at what I said on the podcast about subscribe and save. So uh, I must say I stand corrected because obviously a lot of people have found subscribe and save is actually an opportunity that really does save you money as an Amazon member, uh, Prime member. And so... I can see, But
1: just don't set it and forget it. Keep reshopping, as you said, right? right? You described how your oldest child got a job in a bar slash restaurant at 15 years old, even though the minimum age was 17. I cannot believe you think this is okay. The rule was there for a reason. Presumably, they served alcohol at this bar. I don't believe the re- authorities would have approved of a minor working at a place that served alcohol. What kind of lesson does that teach your child, Fred?
0: I, I never really thought about that with uh, it's my oldest, Rebecca, who's now 33. I never, I never thought about if there was a specific harm to her. She went to a high school that she had a fair number of pretty wild kids that she was in school with at that time. I don't think she would have seen anything there that she wasn't already aware of. It was a sit-down restaurant that had a bar. And had that minimum age. It was their requirement, not that of the state. She was working as a hostess at the restaurant. And I'll think that through to see if I was doing something harmful to her by having her work there at 15.
1: I wanted to add some information regarding scammers. Never, ever, not ever mess with scammers. This may seem funny, but what most people do not realize is that they will send and share and sell your phone number to all the other scammer groups they know. Just hang up. Don't say anything back. Another tip, don't Google a company's customer service info. A lot of times the results can be bogus sites. Instead, just Google the company name and always make sure you're selecting the first non-sponsored link. And then this is Adam. So he says, I've worked in IT for 15 years. We do quarterly training and we always drill the following. Stop, look, and think. Stop, don't click anything on the email. Look, are there any weird typos or grammar issues? And think, is the email making an ultimatum or creating a sense of urgency? Again, that's from Adam and he's in Florida.
0: Adam, thank you. That is a very, very wise series of recommendations. And the thing you mentioned right in the middle of your post about Googling a company, I don't even know how many hundreds of times we've heard from people who got taken in some way because they Googled for customer service at whatever company and the listing was phony and they suffered identity theft or loss of money many different ways. It is just so dangerous to do so to use a Google search because the criminals are there first before any real company is going to be there.
1: Clark missed the mark a bit in a recent episode when he mentioned he hadn't heard anything about being reimbursed for student loan payments. According to the government website, studentaid.gov, borrowers are eligible to receive refunds on voluntary payments made after March 13th, 2020 by contacting their servicer. In my case, I was put on hold for 20 minutes, but after that, the process could not have been any easier. A small price to pay for thousands of dollars back. Frankie, who represents, again, several people who wrote in.
0: And we uh, we had updated that since I think people originally heard it, but it's really important to mention again that there is a procedure for you to get back those payments that were made during the payment holiday period.
1: Clark was recently talking about a renter who had been with a landlord for 16 years and was having trouble getting their damage deposit back. I think Clark missed a chance to add that renters should retain the check or bank and credit card statement when they pay the damage deposit, possibly with their copy of the rental contract, because banks and credit card companies don't have statements available online forever. And general advice for retaining statements isn't for years and years. You may need to prove to a landlord or mediator how much the damage deposit really was, especially if the property has been sold, Ben.
0: Ben, that is a great suggestion. And I tie that back to the prior question as well, or statement about student loans. Student loans, because the records get fouled up all the time, you want to keep proof of payments all through the years. And when you finish paying off a student loan, especially have that brought present as well that you have the proof and with the security deposit time gets away i mean most people would never intend to be on a rental property for that many years but in this case it came back to haunt them that they had their security deposit withheld not returned and having that original proof is a very smart idea And something I didn't think to mention and most people would not think of.
1: Your airline ticket podcast talked about canceling a flight and not getting your purchase seat refunded. American does refund your seat purchase if you write to customer service and ask. The amount will be put in your American Airlines wallet for use on a future flight. I've done it,
0: Jocelyn. Jocelyn, thank you for that. Airlines, you can push them to get credits for future whatever. You have a really hard time getting actual cash back in many cases, and that is a great suggestion to try to get a credit for future use, and you were able to do it.
1: As a soon-to-be former customer, I can attest that USAA is absolutely abysmal, and they have the miserable online reviews to bolster that, yet you've rated them literally the top auto insurance company. Utterly bizarre, frankly, Raul.
0: So there's been a lot of postings online where people feel there's been a significant deterioration in the quality of claim service at USAA on both the homeowner side and the auto side. It's not showing up yet in the survey data of the organizations that survey most prominently, which is Consumer Reports and J.D. Power. USAA is still coming up at or near the very top. If there is a clear deterioration in the customer experience at USAA, and that is absolutely showing up online that people are posting a lot of gripes about USAA, it'll be a trailing indicator in the survey data from Consumer Reports and J.D. Power, because Only, I guess, 10% of customers have any kind of claims experience in a year, so 90% that would be being surveyed would be based on past experiences, maybe before a potential problem has come alive at USAA. But I think it's important that I do point out when I talk about USAA that people recently have been complaining in numbers too large to ignore, and USAA... There's something there because there is a lot of griping online from longtime USAA members that USAA, when the chips are down, which is when somebody's dealing with a claim with their home or with their automobile, that USAA is not the same as it used to be. I can't speak to whether that's true or not because I haven't experienced a problem, but obviously more and more people are saying what Raul is saying, that it's not the same great USAA anymore. And it Raul, if it really is true, it will show up in the data from these big surveyors, just not yet there. And I wonder if we would be doing a service to our podcast listeners and our website users If we were to have a conversation with the media relations people at USAA Mm -hmm. about this. We can
1: certainly try. Okay. You think they'll talk to us? Yes. You do? I do think they'll talk to us. Okay.
0: All right. So we're going to talk about something that so many of us fear. It's dementia. And dementia is something that I had a gentleman just last night say to me, you know, I had three relatives who develop dementia, and I don't even want to know if I'm subject to it because I just fear it. And the reality is, shockingly, dementia is something you may be able to do something about, and it starts with your two feet. Some things just feel like they happen, and one of those is a tragic, late-in-life thing, dementia of all its flavors and forms. Well, after an exhaustive study in Great Britain that followed many, many thousands of people for a long, long period of time, I think it was decades, they've discovered that people who walk a consistent amount, day after day after day, between the ages of 40 and 80, cut their chances of dementia by more than half. Now, funny thing about the study that was done in Britain, I've been reading several versions of stories about this study, is that the study caps out with meaningful data at 9,800 steps a day, which was funny because it's been a thing for a long time that apparently has no basis in science, that people are supposed to walk 10,000 or more steps a day to improve their health, generally. But there actually is nothing that backs up that 10,000. And then in the long-term British study, they found that there were so few people that walk more than 10,000 steps a day that they couldn't come up with any meaningful data from that. But they found that if you do walk an average of 9,800 steps a day, which they had a meaningful amount of data from, that you will have a significant impact. And if you walk at a fast pace, 9,800 becomes 6,300 steps. So I kind of... I notice, I think I'm really walking, and I notice that uh, probably two out of three people that are out exercising, doing walking, exercising, are walking faster than I am. So I must be a stroller and not uh, an aggressive walker. But the point is that walking regularly has tremendous beneficial effects. Why do I walk You know, I used to run all the time. My body would hurt from that. And so now I do a walk run where mostly walking and a little bit of um, sprints mixed in. For me, it's all about clearing my head. But one study after another, after another, finds enormous benefits in longevity, general health, and now this long-term British study is all about what it does for your long-term mental health in terms of dementia slash Alzheimer's. So there are people, like I shared years ago, that when I did 23andMe, it said that I had a 51% chance of having dementia by age, I think it was Alzheimer's, I'm trying to remember if it was dementia or Alzheimer's, by age 85, that I had a more than half chance that would happen. But the thing is, men don't live that long in my family anyway, but I could be the one, right? Absolutely. But again, there are so many benefits to being out walking all the time. And I'm doing the right thing for the wrong reason. Well, I would know no, it's the wrong reason, but my reason is not, Anything about forestalling dementia is not anything about improving my heart health, it's all about reducing stress in me. It's funny, I can be having a day that just feels like I can't get out of my own way, and I get out and do a walk, a walk run, and when I'm done, I feel great. I know you go to this woman for exercise classes, Mm -hmm. and She works you hard.
1: Well, it's yoga. It's actually, it's yoga, and then she does some
0: sculpt, but... I was going to say, what you do with Jana doesn't sound like regular yoga. It sounds like fitness yoga. like It's aerobic yoga. It's like some kind of special...
1: It's it's I love it. It's actually less intense than my normal stuff. But I also love to walk in nature around a lake near my house. And I do think it's like maybe all of that, like the mental calmness and sort of regulating your central nervous system is why it helps reduce the future chance of dementia. You but know?
0: Every time you go to her exercise class, if I talk to you afterwards, you sound like somebody who. Who's been at the bar? I mean, you're just like euphoric.
1: Oh, happy! Yeah, okay. Yeah, (laughs) I I mean, you sound.
0: I mean, you don't sound like you've had, you know, one too many. But you have this feeling like, oh, it's really. I mean, it is like a euphoria that overtakes you. Well, you do shavasana
1: at the end, and she always says a nice quote too. It's a really uplifting experience. So. Speaking of all that, can I get to questions here? This one's from Jill in Illinois. Clark always talks about his regular yoga practice in addition to his frugality. How on earth do those two things go together? (laughs) I live in a suburb of Chicago and I'm having a hard time finding yoga for less than $20 per class. For a guy who risks bed bugs (laughs) by dumpster diving for a used mattress, I cannot believe Clark pays so much for yoga.
0: Okay. Okay. So, it is true that I dumpster dove, but it was not for a mattress. I've never bought a used mattress. I should correct the record here. Okay. First of all, Jill, when I dumpster dove, it was back when you had to have barcodes that you'd mail in for rebates. Remember when that was like the thing and Mm -hmm. you had to fill out all this paperwork and you mailed it in and you waited six months to get the rebate? Well, it was a computer, had a $200 rebate, and my wife had thrown the box away before I'd gotten around to cutting out the barcode. So I had to go dive in this big dumpster. I had actually, I couldn't get it without getting in the dumpster. I had to go in and get the box out and cut the thing out and then take a shower afterwards, which I did, but I got my $200. Okay, okay so the answer about the yoga, maybe in Chicagoland and in the suburb you live in, There aren't free yoga classes, but it's so common all over the country that there are community centers that offer free yoga classes. Shopping centers offer free yoga classes. It's a routine thing that there will be free yoga in parks. On YouTube. Oh, yeah. You can do YouTube classes. So I actually go to a particular yoga teacher who I've gone to for a long time, and it has made a big difference in my overall health and flexibility and strength. In fact, she said to me the other day, she said, when you started, it was like seven years ago, she said, you were really a weakling, which I thought was funny she said that. And
1: Namaste, lady.
0: Yeah, I'm not anymore. <laughs> you know, I got some real strength here. So I do spend money on yoga. Jill, for me, as cheap as I am, I think it's been money well spent.
1: Pete in Missouri says, I live in a state that has personal property tax on vehicles, boats, RVs, etc. This year, it looks like my tax will go up 55% because of the craziness in the used car market. I haven't made any changes to my personal property and I'm used to my tax bill dropping every year due to depreciation. Can I do anything about this or do I just have to accept it and pay the tax? I started listening to you right after I started my first job out of college. I want to thank you for all the retirement planning advice. As you always say, you empowered me to take control of my financial life. I owe you a lot for starting to invest early. And a lot of people write those things and I don't read them. So I we, I do show them to you,
0: but I just thought that it was nice. Well, Pete, thank you for that. And, you know, politicians who like to make their constituents angry have birthday taxes. That's what they're called when just for breathing, just for living another year, they charge you a, a Uh, vehicle tax so they charge you a boat tax or rv or whatever so in missouri they want to charge personal property taxes on everything uh really nice for your citizens so the issue comes up if the amount that they are assessing you on your vehicle is not valid and the amount may not be valid because after the massive run-up in used vehicle prices, those have started coming back down. It's showing up in the car seller's data, and they're reporting the financial community that the prices are coming down. So what I would do, and I, don't, I assume Missouri has an appeal process for this, is see if, in fact, the current market value of your vehicle is lower than what Missouri has assessed you and it's normal that there would be an appeal of that, of the value they've placed, but absolutely the used vehicle market is going through a correction phase. You should see the benefit of lower prices on next year's tax bill. I say should, and again, I don't know if Missouri's system will bring you those lower rates in the future like would normally happen, because you know, Just as you said, Pete, the value of used vehicles normally goes down year by year by year. And since late 20, used vehicle prices have gone way, way, way up and away. And now, finally, the roller coaster crested and those prices are coming back down.
1: And Carl in California says, I'm a teacher and hope to spread the word about a big problem with teacher gifts from schools and students, gift cards. We offered a staff gift card buffet with cards donated by families. Teachers got to mix and match, and it was a lot of fun until they tried to use cards other than Starbucks and Target. We've had teachers share that their cards declined or were flat out rejected by various establishments. Um, and they name a few because many of these are franchises. Our staff has been told that they don't have to take the cards. It was a big backfire. So if you want to do a gift card for hardworking folks, skip that fancy rack at the grocery store and just stick to major coffee chains, big box stores, or the visa cards. I get so mad when I think of the wasted money that we will never get to share with the staff.
0: Yeah, this is, there are so many problems with gift cards Where should I start, Carl? (laughs) I mean, there are a lot, a lot. All right. So number one, when you buy gift cards on those gift card racks at retailers, the drugstore chains, convenience stores, many times somebody will pay money for those cards and they'll end up with zero value. There are a number of criminal rings that are able to exploit those gift card racks and you pay 2550, whatever it is you pay to buy that gift card, you feel like you did a good thing and then the person you gave it to, they're not normally going to say, hey by the way, that gift card you got me actually had no money on it. I mean because that's that's awkward. Mm-hmm. In this case, you don't even know with the mix and match who that gift card came from to even give them a warning. Be very very cautious ever buying a gift card at any of those racks and in those stores. Second, if you are going to do gift cards, I mean, the suggestion you made, Carl, is stick to major chains, but again, only buying direct from that chain. I think it'd be great with a gift card if you give to something like this where they're just mixed and matched and handed out, attach information with, I mean, how he has the value attached that receipt to it. Yes, I always tape where it was bought, and the receipt will show codes and all the rest. And then the person who received it, if it's taped to the card, they'll have it. They can go back to the store where it was purchased and say, "I was given this as a gift. It shows no value. Help!" And that may be the only way of being able to recapture the hard-earned dollar that that parent spent to show appreciation to faculty and staff that then got no value for that faculty member or staff member. And just know, I don't like gift cards to start with. But that's a topic for another day. And I hope that you found something today that was helpful to you, that you can put to work in your own life. It would be helpful for you to share with a friend a family member and if you're enjoying what you hear here please review this podcast if you really like it share it with a friend with a family member i hope that there's something that is useful to you but again on the negative side if there's something you've heard from me that you feel like i'm giving people a bum steer giving bad advice whatever please visit clark.com slash clark stinks and post away and have a great one